When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume, among the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever a form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such forms as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evidences a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient suffrage of these colonies and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of their present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. Now I start with the Declaration of Independence in part. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because the rest of it um, is more geared toward Great Britain, uh, what they were doing to the colonies. But I bring that up because uh, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky tweeted out that it is never, ever acceptable to threaten a politician, to threaten their safety, to brandish guns in the capital to to remind them that they serve us mike shirky is a republican and i am calling him on his bullcrap so that's coming up today on the show along with many other topics thank you for joining the homes politicast on this beautiful wednesday i'm thomas and let's get started So, uh, yeah, Republican Majority Leader Mike or uh, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky, uh, I disagree with him. Uh, the founding fathers disagree with him. Uh, now, I'm not saying that it is time for revolution. Let's let's rise up. Let's hang the governor. I, you know, I'm not saying any of that. I'm not saying it's time for her to die. I'm not saying tyrants get the rope. None of that. You know, I'm just saying that there will come a certain point, quite possibly in the very near future where we will need to throw off the bonds of our government. Um, it has become bigger and bigger and bigger as our as time has gone on. Uh, 
Everybody knows this. Uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. But regardless of your feelings on it, I think our government should expect backlash if they decide to step on our necks, take away our freedoms, and tell us what to do. Now, of course, all of this is leading up to uh, important events in the news, specifically Michigan news. For since the founding of our state, firearms have been allowed inside the Capitol. Uh, they've been allowed inside the Capitol building, as far as I'm aware. And politicians never before felt threatened by that fact. Um, it's interesting to see now that we're getting, you know, we've become, we've gone from a very red state to kind of a purple state. Um, and all of a sudden now the politicians don't want the citizens to be carrying guns in the Capitol. Now, there was a group of armed, not armed protesters. All right, the media, the media is going to say, oh, all the protesters were armed and brandishing their weapons. Well, that's not what happened. No, there was a protest. Um, they asked for armed security to be there to protect them. And they have every right as protesters to feel protected. <clears throat> Whether you agree or disagree, uh, it was a peaceful protest. There were no riots. There was no damage. There was no assault. There was no property damage. Um, people say that they're, they're brandishing their weapons as though the security was going around aiming at people and saying, do what I say or else. That's not what happened. None of that happened. Men were walking around with AR-15 strapped to themselves. They were not pointing them at anyone, uh, brandishing it sounds like a scary word. Oh, brandished at me. But they weren't pointing them at anybody. Uh, they were simply there as armed security because protesters deserve protection as well. Now, I want to categorically condemn everybody that is saying things like tyrants get the rope. All right. it. You cannot just come out and say, I'm going to kill you to a senator, to a governor, to a representative. That's just not, it's not proper and none of, none of us should be doing it. None of us in Michigan should be doing it. What I don't condemn is people saying, eventually, if you continue to take away our rights, encroach on our turf, we will have to fight back. All right. I think that's more what the protesters are saying. There are some that are going to say whatever they want. There are some that are going to just go off half-cocked and just be an idiot. Um, yeah, the media is going to focus on them. They're going to continually try and discredit the rest of the protests, the rest of us with a voice, trying to tell the governor that we are not going to accept this encroachment on our freedoms and on our liberty. But threats should not be tolerated. The Declaration of Independence sought to humbly and respectfully tell <clears throat> King George, I mean, effectively to screw off. But they did it in a very articulate manner. They did not use vulgar language. They put together their grievances, their thoughts, their, um, <clears throat> their plans of action. And then they sent him a letter. Uh, getting on social media and just barreling, you know, just bellowing out whatever you want to say. I wouldn't exactly compare that to 
the Founding Fathers writing the Declaration of Independence. Now, I'm sure everybody's already heard all this news about you know the Facebook groups, um, a bunch of them being taken down, they're being censored, and Facebook seems to be arbitrarily deciding how that all happens. Um, and for some reason, they're lumping in people that are peacefully protesting, people that are arranging for civil disobedience, which both of which are absolutely 100% American ideas. We are absolutely unique in that we can do this. We can go and demonstrate to our government that we are unhappy. Nowhere else in the world can you do that. You know, I've seen, I've seen some Facebook posts. Oh, you guys are so privileged. You just, you mean, you mean, going to, going to protest, that's the ultimate form of privilege. Well, you know what? Yeah, you're dang right it is. We are privileged. Because in most other countries, if you did that, they would throw your ass in jail. They would gun you down. They would disperse you with tear gas. We are unique in that we can control what our government does. We can express our displeasure. And we have this American idea that if, if you are encroaching on our beliefs on our, or on our rights, we have an American duty to throw off the bonds of your governance. So for to, to Mike Shirky, to all of the Republicans on Facebook that are you know, saying that this is never called for, to all the Democrats that are saying that um, we're just privileged and we better just shut up and accept these orders from Whitmer from on high. You know, I'm, I'm just not going to buy it. So that's where we're at. Uh, they, there's, there's a commission, um, the Capitol Commission, which is generally in charge of, like, grounds and upkeep and stuff like that. Uh, they're trying to get the Capitol Commission to ban guns, uh, in, you know, in Lansing or in the Capitol building. Um, which, you know, I, I, I've heard criticisms that they can't, they are not able to set public policy. That's not what they're there for. Even they are concerned that they may be overstepping their bounds. Most of them are in favor of not having guns in the Capitol, this commission, but even some of them are saying, you know, we don't want to overstep our bounds here. So there's a piece from the Detroit free press, um, Called Commission will look into banning guns in Capitol. Meeting ends in threats. So the, the very first line of the piece. A commission with the responsibility of maintaining Michigan State Capitol building <clears throat> voted Monday to study whether it can or should ban firearms from the grounds. The unanimous 6-0 to zero vote by the members of the Michigan Capitol Commission came with questions being asked in the wake of an April 30 protest that saw several people bring guns into the Capitol and some lawmakers express concerns of intimidation. On a motion by Margaret O'Brien, who is the Secretary of the State Senate and a member of the commission, the panel created a five-member committee to study whether it can prohibit firearms and discuss the issue with legislative leaders and Governor Whitmer's office. <clears throat> Gary Randall, the clerk of the state House of Representatives and the Chairman of the Capitol Commission promised to meet soon and take aggressive schedule toward resolving the issue. We've been thrown into an issue that by its very nature has political implications, says Randall, who noted that the Commission, which typically concerns itself 
more with upkeep of the capital, planting flowers, and maintaining artwork on the grounds, has been largely nonpartisan since its formation six years ago. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You can read it yourself. But um, the oh the 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 meeting does. I mean, it does end in threats. I guess people hacked into it. Um, they were able, or they were able to comment on it, or there was something going on where people were threatening the Capitol Commission, which categorically, no, not allowed. Um, unless the threats were something like, "Hey, uh, you know, we're Michiganders and we are not going to accept tyranny." I mean, if 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 the if the commission just felt threatened, um, then they should. You know what they should. I think all of our politicians should feel threatened to rule us. They lead us. They do not rule us. So here's like one big problem I have with an, with a bunch of unelected officials, people that have been appointed into office, is they are not allowed to make policy. That is not how our government works. The legislature sets public policy. We do not allow unelected bureaucratic officials. Well, you know what? We do allow unelected bureaucratic officials to uh, set policy a lot of the times. I know it happens very often in D.C. Uh, it's starting to become more common in Lansing. I think it needs to stop. Uh, we elect people to set public policy. We elect people to make laws. We, we have representation in the government that should be the only ones making public policy. <clears throat> I am not in favor of this. Uh, unelected, these unelected officials uh, having say in what goes on in the Capitol. So that's the fight that the Capitol is having right now over whether firearms should be allowed. So let's move on to another example of civil disobedience. Uh, Carl Mankey, an Owasa barber. I'm sure everybody has heard about this by now. Um, he, is, he has opened his barber shop. In total defiance of the governor's orders. So Fox News reports that Circuit Judge Matthew Stewart, Circuit Court Judge Matthew Stewart, on Monday denied the state's request to sign a temporary restraining order against 77-year-old Carl Mankey, who last week reopened his barbershop in Owasa, a small town where he had cut hair for 60 years, in defiance of Whitmer's sweeping restriction to curb the spread of COVID-19. <clears throat> Thank you, Judge Matthew Stewart, for standing up for this man's freedom. This is a major victory for Michiganders. This is a major victory for small businesses. It's a good thing that this man, who is, he's not, he's not forcing anybody to come into his business. He's not doing anything that is outside the bounds of freedom. He's not threatening anybody. He simply said, I'm done with lockdown. I'm opening. People can come and get their hair cut. I need to run my business. And this dude has had business out the wazoo. All of Michigan is coming to this man. I watched the live stream from Garrett Solnato, and there were so many people there. People driving by, cars honking. The line was ridiculous. Um... So this is this is all great for Carl. Um, I'm so glad that he stood up. He said, "I'm just going to open," and other other uh, businesses are going to be following suit. I'm sure it, it takes one person to start the the civil disobedience, 
and Carl Mankey has my respect for being that man. I came into this last Monday alone, thinking I'm going to swing in the wind alone, Mankey said. I cannot believe the support I've got. It's overwhelming. Carl, yes, you have all of our support. We thank you for doing what is necessary for Michigan. And that brings me to another point that I wanted to make, or that I have made before, but I'm going to keep on hammering it until people get it through their thick skulls. Um, not, not my listeners. They've, they've probably gotten it through their thick skulls or I don't, I got it through my thick skull. See, it's there. Don't question why knocking on my head helped it. It, it, it proved my point. Yeah. So the narrative started off. Okay. We were told we need to lock down so that the healthcare system is not overwhelmed. And because we don't know what this virus is capable of. We, we were terrified. Everybody was terrified that it was going to tear through our population and leave death and misery in, you know, it, in, in its wake everywhere that it touched. Every single, you know, small town was going to be just overwhelmed with cases. Uh, we weren't going to have enough ventilators. <clears throat> this was the narrative for the lockdown. So everybody said, sign me up, lock me down. I want to point out, there were zero people against the lockdown when Whitmer first announced it. Okay, zero. I know. <laughs> I was here. <laughs> I was listening to everybody. There were zero people against the lockdown. Okay. As more information came out, we found that the virus is not tearing through the population. It is not leaving death and destruction in its wake. <clears throat> it is mostly deadly to elderly people, um, people with pre-existing conditions, um, it is almost it is almost unseen in children. I mean, that we we have some reports that there may be some uh, some symptoms that are emerging that are Kawasaki disease like symptoms, um, rashes on children, you know, fevers, stuff like that. Uh, it looks like a different disease in children. I'm, you know, I, I can't even say that it's COVID-19 that's doing that <clears throat> because most of the evidence suggests that children aren't passing COVID-19 on to others. They are very unlikely to even get the disease. Um, most children have been asymptomatic. The deaths of children in the entire country have been in like the double digits. So as more and more information starts, starts to come out, <clears throat> people's opinions started changing as mine did. Um, I mean, you can go back and listen to the show. The first, the first show I made, I, you know, I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so stupid. You know, I can't believe that this, this stupid Chinese virus is going around and people are making a big deal out of it. And might I defend myself by saying that everybody else is blowing it off to at that point. All right, I was not the only one. I was not out there just all by myself, willy-nilly. Oh, the virus is a hoax. I never thought the virus was a hoax anyway, but <clears throat> yeah, the first time I reported it on the show, I was like, well, probably not a big deal. Uh, things changed. Uh, it came to the United States. It started spreading rapidly. People started dying in New York. I was like, oh crap, as I'm sure everybody else was that thought that it wasn't going to be a big deal. So we locked down um, and that was not to stop the spread, not to, not, it was to slow the spread for a specific purpose so that the hospital systems don't get overwhelmed. 
Okay. Well, we've achieved that. The hospital systems did not get overwhelmed. We had plenty of ventilators. We did not even need the ventilators from the national government that we would. And 90% of the people on ventilators are dying anyway, so the ventilator narrative was stupid. All right, waiting for ventilators was stupid. They didn't really help all that much. Um, there's no evidence that they helped at all. Uh, there's evidence that they may have actually harmed people that were breathing okay, but just their oxygen saturation was low because... It's forcing their lungs to expand and contract bigger than they would. And there's already lung damage in there. It's a, it's a, it's a respiratory virus. So there's already damage to the lungs. It, it may be that the respirators um, actually did more harm than good. Which is, there's a piece by the Associated Press about the ventilators that I'm going to get to in a little bit. But the, the narrative was that we need to keep lockdown, stop the spread, or slow the spread so that the hospital systems weren't overwhelmed. That's happened. Check. A plus. Hospital systems were not overwhelmed. All right. So now, why are we staying locked down? I want to let Governor Whitmer explain that to you via her address on Monday. We've got to remember that continuing to stay home and stay safe is the key to helping us lower the chance of a second wave and so that we can re-engage sectors of our economy sooner. We are all safer at home. So we are all safer at home, and apparently we're trying to avoid a second wave. Now, the second wave was never in question. When you lock people down, obviously the virus is going to start slowing, okay? But that was never the point. It was never the point of the lockdowns to say, we're going to stop people from getting this. Most people are going to get this. Almost everybody in our state is going to get this. Almost everybody in the country is probably going to get this. The second wave is, was manufactured by our lockdowns. So when Whitmer says the lockdowns are working, I think what she means is they are preventing the spread. And here's the thing. If, if we have a vaccine coming down the pike very soon, then we should stay locked down. Um, that's not actually a very feasible belief, though. Vaccines, I mean, even if we do get a vaccine, how effective is it going to be? And as businesses die, as businesses are losing money, as businesses are being set back years from just a couple months out of work, the, the problems from the lockdown are compounding a lot faster than the problems from the actual disease. I know this, this has been a major talking point. We can't have the solution be worse than the problem. And so far, for many Michiganders, the solution has been worse than the original problem. Now, Governor Whitmer goes on in the be- very beginning of her speech to praise businesses that are staying closed. But then, oddly enough, she turns right around and praises businesses for making stuff for the virus. So... Seems like Governor Whitmer's not really being very consistent on this. She orders businesses to stay closed that are not helping with the virus, but the businesses that are making stuff to help the healthcare professionals, the you know, they're and, and they're making money off this, right? They're they're not doing this for free. <clears throat> so businesses are allowed to stay open as long as they're doing what Governor Whitmer wants. Um, if they go back to doing their regular work. You know, if, if other businesses that are not able to do that are opening up, 
that's a very bad thing. Um, and, and you should be ashamed of yourself. And um, she's going to, you know, go after you, as she did with Carl Mankey. There was also a statement in there right at the beginning that uh, most Michiganders can't really relate to. Uh, I know I don't relate to this one. This virus has devastated families across Michigan. It's come after our grandparents, after our parents, our children, our neighbors, our coworkers and friends. Thousands of people in our state have died from COVID-19. And as we move forward, we've got to work to re-engage our economy in a way that gets Michiganders back to work and remembers the terrible cost that has been paid. So this virus, <clears throat> categorically, she is wrong about the virus coming after children. As I talked about earlier, it's, it's not really hitting children. Um, I know she's, you know, I have a hard time saying that Governor Whitmer is crafting these speeches specifically, well, actually, I don't have a hard time. It's very easy for me to say that Governor Whitmer is crafting these specifically to make us scared. Um, but I do not think that that is actually why she's misleading us like this. So Ben Shapiro has a has a saying, you know, what I can't attribute to malice, I must attribute to stupidity. And I can't really attribute this one to malice. I think it is more attributable to stupidity. But even in stupidity, if you are ruling or if you are instilling fear in the public, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of gross. I don't like it. I don't like when she goes on and she you know, treats all of Michigan as if it's Detroit. She addresses all of Michigan as if we're Detroit. Well, we're not. You have more cities in the state, Governor, than just Detroit. And something that I would like to see is for her to at least acknowledge that. She did, in part, um, in her reopening plan... She divided the state into sections, and she said we're going to have to start dealing with these different sections in different ways. Um, but, you know, she's also talked about, you know, we must be nimble. This is a dial. It's got to be turned up, turned down. You know, all that stuff. We've all heard all of her rhetoric. But coming back to my original point, a second wave is inevitable, barring a vaccine right now. All right. We cannot continue to function economically um, if... If we stay in this lockdown. And I think Governor Whitmer is starting to realize that too. I mean, I mentioned before on the show that her revenue does come mostly from these businesses that she shut down. So if the real point of lockdowns now is to avoid a second wave, then we're going to be locked down forever. Which is one of the criticisms I made of Governor Whitmer's plan is that phase six of the plan is... Okay, we can re-engage everything once we have a vaccine. She specifically stated that. We can we can or the the plan specifically stated that the that we are out of the woods when we have a vaccine. So I'll leave you guys to think about that one. Think about uh, you know where we're going with all of this. Um, and hopefully, you know, my listeners are correcting people as well when they say, "Oh, we've got to lock down to stop a second wave." Um, you know, we need to show people that their narrative is changing 
because the changing narrative is very scary. If anybody's read the book 1984, uh, you know that the government changing its narrative on the fly is deceptive and manipulative. I don't think that she's doing it intentionally again. I think she's doing it because she's stupid. But it is very dystopian, and I don't like it. Okay, so I've, I've got to move on. I'm almost out of time, um, and I want to talk about this uh, article from uh, Associated Press. So the title of the piece is, Becoming King of Ventilators May Result in Unexpected Glut. <clears throat> so it starts off talking about, um, you know, we were short on ventilators. Everybody was clamoring for ventilators. We had no ventilators in the national stock. And President Trump was going to ramp up ventilators. He was going to get us some ventilators. Well, here down at the, let's see, what is it? Gonna be like the seventh or eighth paragraph. One, two, three, four, five, sixth paragraph. So, but over the past month, demand for ventilators has decreased, even as the U.S. death toll from the novel coronavirus has surged past 80,000. After observing unusually high death rates for coronavirus victims who were put on ventilators, many doctors are using them only as, as ugh, only as a last resort. So, I mentioned a little earlier the 90% death rate of people on ventilators, the, the problems that ventilators can cause for people that don't have trouble breathing but are low in oxygen saturation. Um, so really, we watched the press freak out for like a month and a half about ventilators, and it turns out they're not even that all that great. So one more thing very quickly that I want to talk about here at the end of the show as I'm running out of time. Uh, there's an article from the Detroit Free Press Saying, should our college football cathedrals go empty in 2020? Let's let the science decide. So this is really telling. Um, I I think I posted this on Facebook. Uh, I can't really remember now. Uh, I, I think it might have been to my personal page. But either way, um, this is really indicative of just where our culture is. And it really, like I, I say very often, everyone is religious. Everybody is religious, whether you know it or not, you do worship something. And this just kind of points to the fact that there are a lot of the people, a lot, there are a lot of the people in our state do worship football. The article actually says, the game has the pull of religion. Nowhere is that stronger than in the South, which is why the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, who leads the most powerful conference in the sport, has said the league is focused on playing as scheduled first. And that if the league must adapt, it will. So that's kind of where our culture is at uh, with the shutdown. You know, everybody worships something. Um, and a lot of people have lost a lot of things they worship. We're seeing tensions running high, higher than normal. Uh, I mean, tensions between political parties have been growing immensely. But it's, it's just getting, I mean, it's getting to the point where I've seen death threats from both sides to people that are just trying to do the best with this pandemic that they can people are getting angry at each other um i've gotten angry you know you've heard me on the show i've been upset a couple times because all of this is just going crazy so um turn to christ turn to jesus you know he is the one we should be worshiping um he will not fail us even if we fail him even if we forget him and worship you know, something else briefly like politics or your own podcast or 
um, your own, you know, getting your own way in in politics. If we are worshiping those things, we will be disappointed. They will always fail us. So that's the show for today. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Be sure to catch Jim's show. Uh, He just did his first solo show. I thought he did a great job. Uh, So listen to that. Um, And we will be probably going live tomorrow from the the Capitol, from Lansing. So because there's going to be another protest, uh, we I'm I'm getting sick of hearing about it secondhand. So I am going to be there on site. I will be live. I will be reporting there. Um, I will be asking questions. I'll be talking to people. Um, I will be wearing a mask because even if I don't agree with it, I guess it'll make other people feel safer and it'll, it'll show to the public that, you know what, we are taking the virus seriously, but we're also taking our freedoms seriously too. So, and that's what we want to get across. So thank you again. Uh, remember to give us a rate, subscribe, share us with your friends, and I will see you guys tomorrow for the live stream and Friday for another show. So stay safe from the Rona out there, and we will see you then.